Hey folks, my name is Lana Winterhalt and you are now part of the Good and Plenty Producers Club. We're going to be talking to women, non-binary, and trans femme audio engineers and producers from across the country and get to know their creative process. Let's have some fun. be hard to believe but we are here at the season finale of the good and plenty producers club podcast i am beyond excited beyond to have uh isabel banos here chatting with us aka ballsy banos how are you doing i am so good especially when i thought you were gonna say i'm beyonce Good morning. I'm Beyonce, the host. But like equally so happy to hear you say you're beyond excited. That means a lot to me. I am also Beyonce excited. Amazing. We are Beyonce excited. We should start that. That's pretty good. That's a thing, right? Like I have felt Beyonce excited in my life. Absolutely. Yeah. That might be a thing. I love that. Okay. We'll see. We'll see. Um, Okay. Well, why don't you just, why don't we start off by you giving us a little intro to who you are? You wear a bunch of different hats metaphorically speaking I don't know maybe you wear a lot of hats too I'm not sure um tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do I did go through an awkward hat phase in my early 20s hat girl there was some straw hats there was some fedoras it was a time yeah it was a time well I do I wore so many hats in my (laughs) personal life anyway okay running off course already cool 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 cool. um good start yeah yeah strong start um Yes, I like hats. I like doing things. I feel like, and I feel like you could probably relate to this, that these days, especially in the music industry, you kind of got to wear a lot of chapeaus. Mm -hmm. You kind of got to wear a lot of hats for so many reasons, for financial reasons, for marketing reasons, for just for me, like just to keep me interested and motivated and kind of hungry in the game. I'm just kind of... I've always been like a doer. Mm. Like if I have questions and if I want to figure out how to do something, I'm just going to do it myself. Mm -hmm. So hence all of the hats. Yep. (laughs) And um, I've, yeah, I feel really kind of grateful to be able to do different things Mm. um, every day. But also I know it's because I I work my little booty off. So it's, uh, no, it's a good time. It's, it's, okay. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But yes, I, um... I always say that, like, I got my start in music kind of weird, like, just in a weird, natural way, just, Mm. like, in my suburban home as a kid, not in a musical family at all, Um, just kind of found my dad's old, dusty classical guitar one day in the basement, and I was always someone who, like, just kind of independently kind of played and had fun and just imagination and mm-hmm. built my own forts and things like that. Um, I had friends, I swear, yeah. <laughs> but uh-huh. for the most part, I was just like introvert Olympics. Like I was so down to just hang by myself and thrive. So yeah, one day just kind of found this guitar and was like, what's loose? <laughs> um, and just kind of played around with it super incorrectly, but had a blast doing it and just like kind of figure out how every string sounded and what happens when I play more than one string and what if I put my fingers here and things like that. And it just kind of happened in that kind of solo time, just 
you know, 90s vibes, just figuring it out. And I just ended up having a really fun time figuring out this little puzzle um, that was just a guitar. Um, And it got to the point where I started to take it a little bit more seriously. And my dad noticed and he was really excited about that. And he was super, super supportive, put me in some guitar lessons. And you know, into high school was very much like the weird artsy kid that had trouble connecting with people. Like everyone was very like in the mainstream, not that there's anything wrong with that, but I was certainly kind of going down my own path and couldn't really connect with anyone or find anyone who also was interested in music and playing in a band and writing songs and doing all this wacky stuff for the early 2000s. Um, And uh, yeah, fast forward to post high school where I met my fantastic drummer of Cave Boy, Lana. Cool name alert! Wow, cool name alert. <laughs> the wonderful, fantastic Lana Cooney. Um, I yeah, I saw this this woman with drumsticks poking out of her backpack, and I was like, "Hi, <laughs> please be my friend." Please be my friend. Immediately, no choice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just like had not been able to connect with anyone who had similar interests until the age of like 17, 18. Wow. So it was so so gratifying so exciting so energizing it was just the most positive time in my life to finally connect with someone who had similar interests as me and just become best buds and literally jam in her garage like Mm. suburban garage jam sessions with our band that didn't have a name I think we called ourselves the temporarily anonymous oh like love that classic (laughs) 2000s right beautiful our yeah like she, she ended up putting a little band together for her sister's bat mitzvah. Whoa, yeah. let's go. Dream gig. Yeah. And uh, we played like a few covers and got a little taste of performing as a band for the first time, even though this was at like a local go-karting <laughs> arena. Or is it an arena? Like what? Is it a track? Yeah. <laughs> no clue. <laughs> Sounds right. Um, go-karting, not one of the hats I wear, but... <laughs> Um, yeah got that little taste of like being in a band and performing a show and we were like let's keep doing this and it kind of just took off from there played with some friends um, wrote some original songs wrote uh, practiced some more covers got little gigs here and there until it became the formation that we are today which is Cave Boy with Mint Simon and it's just it's been just such a dream and a wild ride for over 10 years now. Wow. Has it really been 10 years? I was thinking about that the other day, and I'm like, what? Wow. But I'm just 12 years old. How can you see I'm a child? I'm just a little baby. (laughs) No. Uh, (laughs) As I wisp my gray hairs (laughs) on my bangs. Anyway. um, (laughs) No, it's really, really, really been such a dream. So much hard work and Mm. so much learning along the way, but that is... and. I feel like will always be my main hat hmm. is being an artist and being in a band and always kind of paying homage to those um, those like pop punk, pop rock groups that I grew up on, the mm-hmm. Green Day, the Sum 41. Like those were the shows that I was going to and just love that punk rock energy. And I get to do that with Cave Boy um, in our songwriting and on stage. And it's really, really a dream. Incredible. Um, along the way, however... Uh, 
tough tough to pay the bills as mm. an independent artist. What do you, you mean? You may have heard the rumors. <laughs> what you do you may have heard this. Um, yeah, it's uh, an unknown fact, but it is a little tough <laughs> to live off of art um, in the early days. Um, so along the way, I was uh, working on the production side of things and getting into kind of the technical side of making and recording and mixing and producing music. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, And again, that was just because of just my personality of just like being a doer and just a combination of like not having the confidence to to go into a music store and ask questions um, just to like an old intimidating dude, Mm -hmm. you know, (laughs) Um, didn't always feel like the most welcoming place uh, for a young woman. So I would just get on the internet and just Google questions like, hey, if I want to record my band, how do I do that? (laughs) And just kind of figure it out and look into what the pros were doing, what gear they were using, how are they doing it? And so much of it being over my head, but grasping what I could and just along the way, slowly growing those skills to the point where I felt like I could potentially charge for what I was able to do to Mm -hmm. charge for my skills. So very, very early days charging like 50 bucks to like mix a whole album. Like oh, wow. Things like that. Yeah. <laughs> Just like I didn't I didn't feel like I knew what I was doing. And, you know, it took me forever and I made 50 bucks off of it. But it was a paid gig. I was mm-hmm. officially a professional <laughs> engineer, right. you know, Um so, yeah, so that kind of just was always happening on the sidelines, in the background, uh, just mainly money gigs, mainly kind of corporate gigs, like kids' music jingles, things like that. Not necessarily stuff that I was super passionate about. Not that there's anything wrong with making that stuff, but for me, it, my heart wasn't fully in it. Mm. I really just wanted to be an artist, and I wanted to tour with Caveboy, but had to pay the bills. And then cue this little this little event not again not sure if you heard of this like COVID-19 thing mm, no <laughs> oh, actually no oh my god don't tell don't, me pl- please oh don't god. tell me more yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, god. oh god um yeah so this little like cute little um global emergency uh <laughs> happened canceled music overnight yeah and I was kind of just like oops what do I do <laughs> What now? What do I do? Mm-hmm. What? What's what? What are my skills? How do I? I got bills to pay. I got. I got to figure this out. Um, I'm like, okay. The other thing I know how to do, and what I've been doing thus far to help pay the bills, is the production side, the mixing side, the engineering side. So I just leaned hard into that, mm. and I had so much time to do it and to focus on it more than I ever had before. Because with Cave Boy, I was working like 40, 60 hour weeks focusing on being an artist and just squeezing in the money gigs whenever I could. But now I had 24-7 to throw myself into this um, skill set that I was still growing. Um, and it really took off and it kind of sky- skyrocketed so quickly because I was able to put so much effort into it. And of course, it coincided with... <laughs> Women in the studio. Yes. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> Which I know you're familiar with. Yes. Um, as a badass fellow participant. Friggin' love um, Women in the Studio. My gosh. Yeah. It's such a fantastic program. Um, for those of you folks out there who don't know it, it's this wonderful um, accelerator program full of like mentorship and workshops and learning and community to get more women and trans and just 
um, marginalized genders in the music industry um, in the technical fields of making music women in the studio and uh, it's run by music publishers canada along with so many great other supporting organizations um just so many people passionate about yeah getting more of us working in the studios mm-hmm. and it was a phenomenal experience it was all remote i don't know was yours more in person uh it was all of our workshops and mentorships and everything was was remote but we did have um to like get togethers in person for whoever could make it but that's so great so that was very nice but yeah yeah, uh yeah overall pretty much virtual yeah yeah so that was like that was kind of the bittersweet part of it is Mm -hmm. that oh I would have loved to like meet what feels like my new family now and uh hopefully now that'll start to happen a little more we can cross paths along the way but um it was a really really special experience and it really motivated me even more it really light a f- lit a fire under my butt and I was like "Ooh, <laughs> okay <laughs> I'm gonna do this <laughs> let's do this it was really really um yeah like I said just in- inspiring empowering and energizing and uh th- that mixed with just my self kind of motivation just it skyrocketed from there I was mm just naturally getting clients reaching out. I think, you know, so many people were at home now and they're like, oh, maybe I should record this song. Maybe I should put out a a record. Maybe I should, you know, make a single. Maybe I should look for not a dude to Mm -hmm. work with. Mm -hmm. And people started to consciously make an effort to look for different people. Um, So all of that coincided into the past couple years just exploding for me in the best possible way and I'm just so so honored to have worked with the people that I have people have taken a chance on me people have motivated me to keep going and uh that is a very long answer to your question (laughs) oh I love it I love it all so amazing I think it's like so cool to hear about people's journeys especially those who um I love to hear of people who found instruments or found production or whatever naturally without, you know, parents having to force them into lessons at the beginning or, Mm. you know, because those things are also super important. But it does it does change maybe your learning style or shows your learning style maybe of like, I'm hungry for this all on my own. You know, I I think Mm -hmm. that's super cool. Um, So obviously the the folks listening to the podcast can't see you right now, but I can see you because we're on. Uh, Zoom, another adorable little thing that came yeah, out of the pandemic. Have you heard of it? <laughs> have you heard of it? it was I, Zoom? I'm going to stop making that joke. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, uh, but I can see that you are in your studio. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your studio and how wh- how that came to be? Yeah. Um, again, just over the past couple of years, the way things did take off, it um, it started happening that more and more people... Yes, I was working mainly remotely, of course, but more and more local people here in Montreal were reaching out to me and were hoping that I would be able to record their sessions. They didn't want to do it themselves at home or they didn't have the gear. Or they didn't know how. So they were seeking that I would engineer, you know, as, along with producing their song. Um, 
And at the time, it didn't really make sense for me to keep working out of my apartment. I was living with someone at the time, and he was also working out of our apartment as a teacher. So it was just really chaotic, and it just mm. didn't make sense for me to have a revolving door of, like, artists coming in and out. And, you know, it wouldn't necessarily have been comfortable for them to, like, be vulnerable in their songwriting and singing and recording with some dude down the hall. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so give I kind of just... Give it your all, but please be quiet for my roommate. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So, yeah, so all of that started to just get in my head of like, okay, I've always wanted to, you know, explore having a professional studio space, but never really needed to before. I was always working out of my apartment and it was always fine. You know, I was always doing remote gigs that didn't require anyone having to actually come in. But now this started to happen and it started to be really intriguing and really exciting just as an idea. And I was starting to be a little bit more financially comfortable, too. I'm like, maybe I can do this, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) So I just kind of slowly started to look into rentable spaces in the city, Um, just like in no rush at all, just super chill, just like, I wonder what's out there. I wonder what kind of spaces, like what kind of space I would need, like what's available, things like that, what neighborhood, blah, blah, blah. And, like, one of my first searches, this place popped up around the corner from my apartment, like, lower than my budget. Hmm. And I was like, I have to go visit, right? Yeah. Right? <laughs> that's, the, that's the rules of life. Like, yeah. when something is handed to you like that, you got you to gotta look into it. So <laughs> I, went, I went to just go visit, met the landlord, and the space really checked all of the boxes, like... It's got two rooms. It has it like has these wind. I wish I could show you, but it has like these windows already built into the walls between the two rooms. That's just like begging to be an isolation booth one mm. day. It's all just like perfect. It's on the side of the street. That's way less busy. Like I don't hear anything outside. I have no neighbors. Like wow. it's just kind of the dream situation. Yeah. So I I left that visit feeling very like okay, um, this is interesting, and. I was kind of paralyzed by this this fear of actually pulling the trigger, of actually signing the lease, of actually doing it. And it was a big fear of failing, mm. of, okay, if I actually do this, then I'm actually going to be doing this as a professional producer, professional engineer, and that's scary mm. <laughs> to put myself out there like that, to like, this is, this is who I am, this is what I'm doing, and... Uh, now there's this whole other financial side of it too. Like, can I do this long term? Can I afford this? Can I, like, will I, will, yeah, things have been coming in steady, but will that keep happening? Like, mm-hmm. As a freelancer, as like a gigger, it's, yep. it's anyone's guess, right? Um, totally. So I called the two women in my life that I trust the most, which is my lovely manager, Beth Kavanaugh. Shout out, Woo! Beth! Beth! <laughs> and my older sister, Alex. And I called them and I was like, I need an adult. Um, <laughs> uh, and I kind of explained the situation and sent them the link to the space. And it was just like, should I do this? And both of them unanimously, without thinking about it, were like, you have to do this. Mm-hmm. Just do it. And don't be afraid. We've got your back. We'll do everything we need to support you. But you have to do this. I was just like, oh, okay. <laughs> and uh, I signed the lease and moved in two weeks later. Wow. 
<laughs> and here I am. And yeah, and it's been a year now in wow. this lovely space called Shea Balzi. Yep. Um, and it's, you know, it's, it's, a first, it's a first studio. It's a step up from the bedroom studio. It's really empowering and it's really, really um, exciting to have this space to be able to professionally invite people into. And it's a space that I'm really proud of in that it was specifically designed to be a welcoming and brave space mm. for women and marginalized genders mm. who want to be creative in the music industry and who want to learn about more things in the music industry because I want this to be, yeah, a brave space for vulnerability and also um, one for learning and asking questions of like, oh, yeah, what are you, what are you doing to that track there? Mm. I'll be like, I'll tell you what I'm doing to that track there. You can ask me whatever questions you want and I'm going to explain it in a respectful way as best I can. Uh, yeah, so that's, that is the space. That is Shibalzi and... Uh, Please come by anytime. Oh, yeah. I would love to have you here just to hang yeah, and absolutely. Uh, make some tunes. Incredible. Yeah, <laughs> it's so interesting how, um, you know, as we were talking about so many different hats earlier, like it's interesting how as a producer or, or even an artist, there's also like small business owner just inherently that's part of that, you know? And so... Mm -hmm. I, Sure, you're a producer, a freelancer, or whatever, but there is also this just inherent attachment as small business owner. How, what has that been like for you? Like, have you found that you um, thrive as a small business owner? Has there been like, you know, any anything that you've really had to learn or overcome? And and yeah, I guess my question is is if you know, I, I'm thinking of for myself. Like, I'm so. Uh, type B, like I'm not type A at all. I'm like a creative, lose my brain, like lose everything on my body all the time. Um, <laughs> and and so sometimes I think of that as leaning more towards the arts and the music and the creative. But the other side of it can often be what really freaks people out with admin mm -hmm. or taxes or, you know, all of that sort of mm -hmm. stuff. Um, yeah, sorry, that was a long ramble, but uh, no. what are your what are your thoughts on that? <laughs> this is this is a brave space for rambling. <laughs> I uh, love please it. <laughs> join me in the rambling. I totally agree with everything that you said. Um, it just so happens that I can more or less handle both sides of things, mainly because I've had so much practice as an artist in a band with um, two other band members and a manager and a team where we've been able to delegate all of that um, workload to everyone's strengths. And for me, it was certainly, you know, the creative side, the technical side of, you know, putting together our demos and recording and our backing tracks and things like that. But it was, it's also the admin. I'm very much the admin yeah. <laughs> lady of the group. Um, do I love it? No, but I can get it done and I can do it well mm -hmm. and that's fine. I'm happy to do it. I'm happy for that to be one of my contributions to the project. So yeah, I felt I felt more or less comfy and equipped going into this solo, but there is certainly um, a bit of a shock not being able to delegate, mm. not being able to share tasks and lean on someone else when maybe I'm not having the best day or I'm exhausted or I'm stressed or I'm emotional or whatever of it just being me and I have to get everything done myself. Mm -hmm. It's it's a lot, but again, it's kind of it, it feels it feels very powerful and 
like I've mentioned before, just having that kind of can-do energy mm-hmm. within me, it um, there is an extra empowerment to having to handle everything myself too. It's both exhausting and rewarding for <laughs> at sure. the same time. Yeah, aka the music industry. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> As per usual, right? <laughs> yeah, pretty oh, much. Jeepers. Um, Jeepers. Jeepers. Oh. Remember Jeepers? Yeah. Bring it back. I I feel like there's some words that I use just like without even thinking about it. I'm like, man, this has been in my vocabulary since high school. It's embarrassing. I don't even realize I'm saying that. But I appreciate the enthusiasm for Jeepers. Um, How about, uh, this is a great time to to transition to talking about the music that you make and and the music that you work on. Um, So you sent me the track um, from Mint Simon, who is also in Cave Boy, who is in your band. Yeah. Um, So they have their own uh, solo project. Is that right? Yeah. Which also kind of took off uh, during the pandemic, just I think having that Finally having that uh, that t- time mm. bonus, they were finally able to really explore that. And it's really exciting. Um, it's really exciting to see them do that. And, yeah, we're so supportive and so excited f- to see where that goes. Um, and, yeah, and I'm so honored to be a part of it on mm. kind of the back end of it. Amazing. Cool. Well, we're going to listen to Tongue Tied, and then we'll chat a little bit about that song. Let's do it. Imagine. Tongue, tie, I'm tongue, tie, I'm tongue, tie, 
Well, what a friggin' bop of a song. <laughs> Truly. Like, what a bop. Is that you playing bass at the beginning? Okay. Oh. Ready? Let's For go. my career to be over? Yeah. <laughs> that is a MIDI bass. No. Yeah. I feel like that doesn't make your career over. That makes your career just continue to skyrocket <laughs> because how did you get it sounding that good? That's very, very kind of you. I always am a little bit hard on myself about that for some strange reason because I am a bass player. Mm -hmm. That's what I was kind of known to be first in Cave Boy. Like, I'm a bass player. Yeah. But this bass line came about from, like, pretty much right early in the pandemic. I had so much time, and I was just like, okay, hang on. My dog is chewing the mic stand. <laughs> no worries. So just in case it's coming into the recording... <laughs> I'm going to give him something else to do. He's like, put me on. I want to talk. So with that bass, I it was actually at the beginning of the pandemic. And I had so much time to throw myself into production. And I was collecting some sweet, sweet government money. Hell yeah. <laughs> and I invested in some new gear and some new software and some new plugins. Yeah, so that was just me exploring this new gear, these new plugins, and getting really excited by the sounds that I was finding and able to create. And that can be a total shout out to the Rickenbacker bass by mm. Native Instruments. Amazing. Which comes with complete, so check it out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's weird. Like, depending on my mood or what zone I'm in or whatever, I'll be, feel more inspired to write on a keyboard or write on a guitar or write on a bass or just write with like a vocal idea or whatever. And for whatever reason, I was just like jamming along with this soft bass, soft synth bass. And I was like, this is fun. And I was trying to put together, this was like during a time when I was trying to make something every day. I was giving myself the challenge, like early pandemic, staying motivated not to like melt into my sofa yeah. and just like stay productive as much as I could. And I think like I was maybe trying to make something in the hip hop genre for like my cousin who lives in Boston. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Just like, you know, collaborating, trying something new. Yeah. And I was very much um, inspired by Anderson Pack at the time and kind of like this retro kind of Motown sound sounding bass. And I was just messing around and came up with this bass line. And I was really excited by it. And I sent it to him. He was like, this is so cool. And <laughs> never, never heard from him again. But, um, <laughs> it's so cool. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Um, but uh, yeah, after that, I like I think maybe a few weeks later, I revisited it and put like a different drum beat to it and like percussion and like just a different vibe in general. And Mint had reached out to me and was like, hey, want to work on stuff? Like, because I think they were equally like trying to stay productive and. Like, yeah, let's let's work on stuff. Like, let's just write songs and see what happens. And I'd sent them. And it's funny because this was all happening remote, even though they live downstairs. Like, they <laughs> live in the apartment below me. Oh, my God. I love that. Yeah. But we were really in lockdown. Like, we could right. not see each other. Yeah. So this was all happening remotely, even though I could probably just, like, airdrop things to them. <laughs> <laughs> like, truly. Love um, that. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, they heard it. This, like, little barely verse chorus like it was just like maybe 20 seconds of just like this loop and they were excited enough by it to put down this vocal melody to it and uh 
I was really excited about what they sent. I was like, this is cool. I like this a lot. Like, let's work on this. And over the course of a year, we worked on a ton, ton of songs. And this one kept coming in and out. Like, we'd kind of finished it. But I don't know. The evolution of this song is very fun because it did take like a year. Wow. Not on purpose or anything. Just because they were working on other things. I was working on other things. And it was just never urgent. You know, we let go of that urgency that we were usually feeling in the, in, from the music industry and just kind of let things happen naturally. So the progression of the song was very um, based on my evolution of my skills. Mm. It started off as something really, really basic, you know, exploring this new sound, this new plugin that I had, and, like, using loops and stuff like that. And then every time I would learn something new, either, like, watched a masterclass or, like, watched a YouTube video or listened to a podcast or anything that kind of had to do with songwriting or production or anything... For whatever reason, I opened up that track and added that new skill to that track. So even to the baseline, I was like, okay, yeah, how can I make this mm. more realistic? How can I make this more of a fun, unique sound? And so I kind of messed with it a little bit, and that's kind of what you hear today, and just little things like that. Like listening to an interview with Grimes and how she was like, and on every one of my tracks, there is a very subtle layer of crowd, of mm. audience screaming. And I just find that it adds, she was saying, I just find that it adds like this kind of energy that you don't necessarily hear, but you feel. And I'd always been really inspired by um, her music and the fact that she produces herself. And I was like, oh, I got to try that. I think this would be the perfect song for that. So in Tongue Tied, there is a secret layer of crowd. I think it's just like an Apple loop that comes with logic wow. of just like a screaming stadium crowd and it's tucked in there. Wow. <laughs> Very subtly. And it really did help bring the song to life in a subtle way. It was very, very exciting to discover that new little trade secret and I hope that it's helpful to people listening. Wow. <laughs> it's very fun. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. I feel like there's a, a such a, a a sense of fun, something that happens when, you know, your skills go from just being able to use them to like, oh my gosh, I have an idea that will make this sound so much better. You know, that change yeah. from from just being able to to make something to being able to grow it and see how it can keep growing. Like that is so exciting. Yes. And I love to hear about, you know, what that moment is is for people. For me it was um you know, realizing that if I wanted to put a bird track in the background, like a lot of my songs have bird tracks because I, hell yeah, because I always love, you know, setting my songs in nature and, and having people mm -hmm. feel the, the environment around them. And a way to do that is just yep. throwing in some of those natural sounds. Right. And yeah, I love that. Yeah. I think it's so exciting to hear what, you know, people's, people's moment of like, Ooh, this was, this was when I could have some fun, you know? <laughs> um, no, I totally agree. I think that's so, that's so badass that you do that. I, I, yeah, I totally agree that you have an opportunity to really make and create something that can be an experience for someone. Um, and I think that's a perfect example of that is adding nature. How can you add the experience of nature to audio? And you figured out how to do that. And that is fucking awesome nice <laughs> and that's what I try to do yeah yeah sometimes it works absolutely <laughs> and 
And sometimes I think too that like, you know, even even though some of these things that we tuck in really lightly, even if they're not registering with the listener like consciously, I think there is something tr- being translated subconsciously, right? Of like Oh, hell yeah. You know, you might not pick it up on a first or second listen, but you you might feel it. Like I I'm sure mm-hmm. I'm feeling that energy in that song in, in Tongue Tied by Mint Simon. I'm feeling the energy in the song and it's probably being enhanced by that audience, like by that crowd mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. being so excited it's like yeah I didn't I didn't register that that was there but I'm sure my brain is picking up on it you know mm-hmm. yeah so yeah. it's cool to see how that. how those things can can translate subconsciously as well so so yes cool. I love it um so this might be might be bold to say but I feel as though you are very confident and <laughs> I, I say that because so often as, you know, obviously women in this field or, or, or different gender minorities in, within the audio industry, we feel the need to, you know, be humble, make ourselves smaller. You know, obviously um, imposter syndrome is, is huge, but mm-hmm. I feel just such a, a breath of fresh air from your, your confidence and being able to talk about your skills just like as they are you know you you're like yeah I'm aware of what my skills are like that's that's a that's a good thing as a business owner you know um (laughs) but I wonder if you might be willing to to touch on that a little bit of of you know what your experience has been like as a woman in in the industry and um yeah did you did you deal with imposter syndrome are you over it how'd you get over it (laughs) any any of those sorts of things Oh, no. I mean, geez, I appreciate all of that so much. That is so, so kind to say. And if you only knew how many parts of my body were sweating right now, (laughs) just truly moist. (laughs) Um, I am certainly, this is all very recent. I am certainly um, trying my best to be more confident Hmm. in myself and everything that I do and to be less hard on myself and to be less critical of myself, to be less of a perfectionist and to kick that imposter syndrome out the door. Um, Because, yeah, it has guided my entire life Hmm. (laughs) up until now. Mm -hmm. Um, So I haven't been able to necessarily... Yeah, just dive in as deep as I want to go because I've been holding myself back or because elements of society have been holding me back or what have you, combination of the both, both most likely. Hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, like I kind of touched on earlier, like I, I was too scared to go into music stores. Like I was hmm. too scared to ask questions. I just wanted to be safe in my house and just with, with me not having to put myself out there be vulnerable by admitting that I don't know something Hmm. I always felt and to a degree I still feel to this day that when I show up to something that has anything kind of technical required whether it's a gig or a studio session or whatever I feel this pressure to have to know everything Hmm. or else they'll figure out that I'm a faker right they'll figure out that I'm an imposter that I'm I just got lucky or whatever Hmm. which is ridiculous (laughs) yeah (laughs) because who knows everything yeah that's just not a thing like it's impossible to know everything and what a boring life Mm -hmm. to know everything yeah there's such a joy and an empowerment in learning something new like we were just talking about before with the song like I have enjoyed learning new skills 
So I'm trying to be more open about that and more confident about that, like you were saying. So thank you for saying that. Um, but absolutely, I have I have dealt with misogyny. I have dealt with people putting me down. I have dealt with people um, not wanting to listen. Or I'll literally say something, they won't react, and they'll come up with the same idea yes. five minutes later and claim it as their own. Yes. And I don't even have the confidence to say, dude, I just said that. Yep. And that has happened to me way too many times. So again, I'm trying to be better about that. Um, I'm very non-confrontational, so it is super, super tricky for me. But mm. yeah, I uh, I have the privilege of working with a wonderful mentor um, right now who's really helping me. She's a couple, um, she's a few years older than me. So she has even more experience than me and more experience dealing with um, a bunch of toxic dudes, which not all dudes are toxic. Let's mm -hmm. make that clear. Mm -hmm. There are so many fantastic allies out there, but, um, it just so happens that many people's experience is dealing with some toxic masculinity, some mansplaining, some gross stuff. Um, so she's been super, super helpful in kind of getting me to switch the flow of my brain. Like, like just little things like stop you know, stop le um, leading with how lucky you are and mm. how grateful you are. Lead with how much you, how hard you've worked and how much you've put yourself out there and how much you've busted your ass to get where you are. Mm. Because that's the real reason that you're here. It's not dumb luck. So that's been really, really useful just on so many levels. Um, but yeah, it's, wow. I think, I think it's getting better. I'm trying to stay optimistic. I think that a lot of, People are helping to pave the way to make it easier for people like us. They have been paving the way, I should say. And, um, yeah, I think things are certainly changing in a positive direction. Still tons of work to do, but it's really exciting to see some just some awesome women and marginalized genders just thriving in the music industry. It's really, really awesome. Absolutely. Yeah, I totally agree. It's been... Um you know, I think there's there's periods of time that are like extremely discouraging when we see these same patterns repeat or, you know, we see initiatives being taken and they fizzle out or whatever. But it's also so positive to see huge things like the amount of representation at the Juno Awards this year. Like, yeah. holy moly. Amazing. Some people Amazing. who finally got the recognition they deserve for the hard work they've yep. been doing. Like you know it's it's incredible and obviously that's that's just one example one event it doesn't mm -hmm. mean the whole industry has changed because <laughs> because the junos had more going on but, <laughs> yeah. um but it was it was beautiful to see and it was inspiring to see you know someone like like hill Krakutis, who's been on the podcast Hell in the yeah. past to to it, it truly makes me like i feel like a little 12 year old little girl looking up at my celebrity hero be like oh my <laughs> yeah. god she can do it I can do it too you know but it's hell yeah it's true it's representation matters it matters so much yeah and yeah and yeah I think it's it also really matters to to show people who like I said are small business owners like you who who has started a studio who you have your you know your you're doing the work you have your own space and and I can't, I can't even imagine how great that feels for you. Maybe I'm, I'm putting, <laughs> putting words into, into the situation, but that is just so exciting that you have your own space that you can, you know, cultivate good and safe vibes and, and, you know, welcome people in so warmly is just incredible and so inspiring. So I appreciate that so much that, 
that is so so kind i i yeah I, everything you said just warms my icy cold heart and uh <laughs> i mean like it was so like you said it was so exciting to see hill get that recognition and just like a note on her is that even with the level that she's at she still will always take the time to help someone like me with where i'm at and just like answer a quick text of like hey, how do I use this piece of gear? Like, hey, how do I do this? Like, Hmm. that's such a big part of how to continue to create opportunities and create paths for people who are marginalized, Um, whether it's gender or race or religion or what have you, is people looking out for each other. And this can be such a competitive and toxic industry, especially with social media. It's so easy to get caught up with all the no's and the negative stuff. But we just got to keep looking out for each other and keep supporting each other. Like there's room for everyone and we can help each other get to where we all want to go. And it's way more fun to do it that way. Absolutely. Yeah. Perfect example with exactly what you're doing. Hmm. Because you can shout me out all you want, but now I'm going to shout you out. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) You're amazing. Everything that you're doing, you're doing this podcast. And that is, again, a perfect example of you supporting the community and paving ways for people giving me a chance to talk about what I'm doing and so many other people so let's all take a moment (laughs) a moment of silence (laughs) yeah this is why actually this is why I have guests on the podcast just to get you know just for people to compliment me perfect good as you should as you should you deserve it okay no shame in that wow well thank you for that that's very kind um yeah, I, I, we're going to wrap up here pretty soon, but I do want to quickly ask you about your, um, you know, as, as we were just chat- chatting about, you're very passionate about educating others and helping others on their journey as well. Um, both, you know, through your, through your website, I've, I've seen that you do, um, you know, you can help with learning opportunities and one-on-one connection, um, as well as your videos with Lander. So why don't you just tell us a little bit about th- those? Yeah, for sure. It's definitely a huge part of what I'm doing uh, based on all the reasons that we were just talking about, Mm -hmm. just like helping our community grow and thrive. Um, And turns out teaching is kind of a skill in itself, Mm. which I only realized a little bit later. I studied to become a teacher in university, but I never ended up pursuing it. The Mm. traditional classroom just wasn't for me. Mm. Um, But I love to be able to teach in the style that I want to teach and the subject matters that I actually want to teach um, to people who are just so excited to learn these new skills. Um, So it's certainly um, a huge part of what I do on the day-to-day, giving kind of workshops, uh, mainly remotely so far, but I'm hoping to host more in-person workshops as soon as possible in this studio space that I've got for myself. Um, And yeah, just help build the local community, the the Canadian scene, just you name it, just kind of get everywhere that I can of just, again, helping get more people in this technical side of um, making music that can seem a little spooky and mm-hmm. scary and just helping to demystify it as best that I can. Totally. Yeah, I, th- I think that's incredible. And can I also just say how refreshing it is to watch videos not just by white dudes? <laughs> It's like, oh, my God, I'm so grateful there's someone else talking about stuff, too. Oh, man, I I totally understand. Um, I am so, yeah, I'm so happy to be part of the Lander team. 
they they treat me so well over there. They really help give me a voice. And are you seeing what's going on right now? Yeah, he's. Just, I mean, we we got to leave this in. Yeah. He is. My dog is <laughs> destroying the beauty of this studio with a throw pillow. Um, it's too bad. It's oh, too bad. He's a good pillow. Good pillow. But you know what? Well, he's, he's having important. a good time. You know, he's he's having some fun. <laughs> Uh, oh, classic man. cis male yeah. just <laughs> taking up space. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. I love oh, men. <laughs> I love men. Okay. Oh, that's um, but yeah, no, Lander videos, check them out. I know there's a lot of uh, stuff on YouTube to kind of have to sift through. And Lander just kind of offers, like you said, kind of a refreshing, fun, yet educational um, content. Totally. If ever you're interested in learning kind of all aspects of making music, they're, they're really fun, um, and I'm, I'm so happy to be able to do that. It's, it's, it's really rewarding. Amazing. I love that. Um, okay, well, we're going to wrap up here. Is there uh, any anywhere that you want to direct the folks at home to check out Caveboy or what you're up to? Uh, drop some, some ats in the chats. <laughs> no I idea mean, what I'm saying anymore. Oh, my God. Yeah, it me neither. That yeah, right. happened to me a long time ago. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, all of the above. Um, I'm in a band called Caveboy, and we are at Caveboy Music pretty much on everything, and our website is caveboymusic.com. Check it out, because we're making new music again, Amazing. and we're getting back on the road, so stay tuned for that. Really, really exciting. Um, and on my side of things, I'm at ballsy underscore banos. Nice. And my website is isabelbanos.com. Please get in touch. Please reach out. Even just to say, hey, I, I really love connecting with, with new folks and sharing music with me. I'd love to hear it. And yeah, if everyone want to work together, just 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 send me a funny GIF or a GIF, <laughs> whatever you're feeling. Whatever you're feeling, GIF or GIF, meme or meme. Meme. Meme or meme. Well, thank you so much for, for chatting today. It's, uh, it's so refreshing to just... Ha- you know, to talk shop with people who love it. It's like, oh, it's just so nice. But, uh, yeah. Thank you, you so much. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I completely agree. It was such a pleasure to chat with you and just be goofy and silly. And uh, you're the best. Well, folks, it's hard to believe, but you just listened to the season finale of season one of the Good and Plenty Producers Club podcast. I have been your host. I well, I'll I'll continue to be Lana Winterhalt. But thank you so much for listening to all of these stories. It's been such a treat to be able to chat with um, producers and audio engineers and and mixers and uh, DJs, those all across Canada. And I'm so excited to be back in September of 2022 to give you some more episodes. Um, keep going, keep working. Love you so much. 